Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live, daddy, from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Low Studios. Oh, now you're going to turn the music down? We're coming to you live from the Quick and Low Studios. Home is so much more than a house, daddy. It's the home of your dreams, if you will. For over 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket mortgage, daddy. Push button. Get mortgage. All right, that was a damn good Dusty Rhodes, and you know it was. Tom, scale of 1 to 10, babe. Let's go. How good? I'm far from an expert. Uh, but yeah, that was a good eight and a half. I'll give that. That was, that was the cat's ass. That was pretty damn good. You know, it was, I'm sorry, Billy Jack. I know I bust your stones too much. Billy, how was that impression? It's come too, on, give it to me. Know, I don't really know, but I'm going to say a three cause I'm mad at you. <laughs> oh, come on. You get so mad at me all the time, you, Billy. No, because I, I Golly. sit here and I do a great job on the board and eh. you change what you want every single week. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Hell, you know, I just, uh, well, maybe if your name changes someday, maybe I'll be satisfied. How about up, that? The music down. You want the music long. You want the music short. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, There's I no am consistency. A, I'm a complicated wow. person. It's amazing. Shep's able to do a fine job at it. Wow. wow you're really kicking me. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got you work to do a shoot, daddy. Yeah, I knew it. I knew I'd get you. I'm sorry. Billy, I love you. I love you. America loves you, too. Same right back at you, Ken. But you got to, you know, give me a break once in a while. Say I'm doing a good job. Give you a little bit of a break. Wait a minute. I got to say you're doing a good job? Yeah. Do you get your paycheck every two weeks? I I do get it. Well, then I guess you're doing a good job, huh? Fine. Fine. I'll take it. The words of Don Draper. You don't need to. I don't need to tell you. That's what the money's for. Eight five five two one two. I love him. I do. Sunday, by the way. Uh, yeah, you already know the number. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Sunday, the NFL on CBS is at Lambeau Field with the Packers hosting the Raiders, plus a key AFC South clash between Houston and Indianapolis. It all begins with JB and the guys getting you ready for all the action on the NFL today at noon Eastern, nine Pacific, only on CBS. I just had I just to finish up on Harbaugh. There's still so much I got to get to. I still got fiber questions coming up in less than 20 minutes. Just to finish up on it, I, I don't want to do the same rant every single week. That's up to Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> if you don't want to hear me ranting and raving against Jim Harbaugh, where hey, I, I see Matt Rule. Matt Rule six and zero. Oh. Matt Rule had to follow up Art Bryles, and I don't mean to chuckle at that. It's just how ridiculous of a system that he had to take over, where there were charges. There were NCAA violations. There were serious, serious, serious allegations being made. We're talking rape, knowing about it, ugly, disgusting, despicable things. Matt Rule had to take that program over, and Baylor, for my entirety, except for when Art Bryles was there and before we knew about Art Bryles, was a joke of a program. Matt Rule took it over. They're 6-0. and Does Matt Rule... Does Matt Rule sit there in pre and post game press conference? You know, if we just had a quarterback, 
you know, it, it's, a, it's a good academic school. John McClain went here. It's a good academic school. I guess, uh, you know, we're just held to a higher standard, and that's that's why. Nope, he goes out and wins games. Doesn't have to apologize for anything. You don't have to apologize or make an excuse when you win. That's the beauty of sports. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, row the boat. Took it with him. Minnesota, 6-0. Don't even have to say Glenn Mason ain't walking through that door because Minnesota's 6-0. And yet, y'all, who, who they play? And Minnesota has been nothing. <laughs> it doesn't matter who they play. They're 6-0. I don't need to make excuses for these guys. Michigan, boy, you just line them up. If you're a big boy program, go play big boy football. If Ohio State got beat yesterday, <laughs> which they didn't, if Ohio State gets beat yesterday, rip Ohio State up and down, one side or the other. Gene Smith didn't get it. We knew who they thought they were. We thought they were. We thought they played with emotion. They played with nothing. Could have said that, except they won by 49. Northwestern's gr- trying to grow out the grass. Ohio State, you could have probably played on a field of mattresses. They won by 49. Don't need to make excuses for Alabama. Don't need to make excuses for Clemson. Don't need to make excuses for Oklahoma. But you're an academic school. Yeah, they just let guys right into those schools. I know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get into Michigan. I know. It's eating, you know, that's hard. I'm sorry, Jim. Just go back to the NFL where things are safe. I know. Your brother's a better coach than you are. It's, it's, it's a shame. I'm sorry. I just want to know what happens tonight. You lose to Penn State at Penn State. James Franklin goes to 7-0. and James Franklin had to take over for Bill O'Brien, who, who got the program going after we all know what happened over there at Penn State. No excuses were needed for Penn State, but you don't have your quarterback. Jim, it's okay. Just, It's okay. Here's your blankie. Here's your pillow. No, you can't go stay over to a recruit's house anymore. You go on right over there. I'll, I, I'll, I will rinse and repeat this until he goes out and he does what he's supposed to do, what he's paid to do. He's not paid to be. You can talk about academic schools. You're not paid to be chancellor, buddy. You're paid to, to win big opponents, to be against big opponents, to be a national championship contender. I know you've averaged nine and a half or ten wins per season. That's a really nice record. That's suitable if you were at Nebraska. Well, no, because they fire guys for that. That'd be suitable if you were at another place. It's Michigan. It's the winningest program in football history or was. It's just not going to wash, buddy. So tonight's another opportunity. And if you beat the tar out of Penn State, then we'll start to talk about you again. We'll talk about you in a, in a good light again. I'd love to say great things about Jim Harbaugh. I want the rivalry to really matter again. Except it'd be even doubly worse. Now, you could go back to, what, 68 and pull that off if you want. But it'd be doubly worse if you go out and you lose to Ryan Day. But we still got another month and a half to talk about that. 855-2124-CBS. I started off today's show where I just want to get rid of it. I don't want you to think about this over time. I'll take the calls on it if you want to. I'll take the thoughts on it if you want to. I think we've had enough of replay. I, I see referees. I hear stories. I hear stories from players about referees and, and, and the thought process, the process that's going through their head. I hear stories from them. I, I get nervous about that. I think the referees right now have more rules, more new rules, more changes to those new rules than they've ever had before. There's a lot of pressure on referees. I'm not woe is me referees. I'm not making Jim Harbaugh excuses for referees. They got a tough job, but that's the business they've chosen. But I go back to a time of simplicity. I go back to a time where I watched college football as a child, or excuse me, NFL football as a child. Let's stick to the NFL on this. I watched NFL football as a child, and I knew that the Cleveland Browns got the boots put to them by the referees. My dad would watch the Miami Dolphins. 
I knew that the Miami Dolphins got the boots put to them by the referees. They were hoodwinked. They were bamboozled by all those referees. That didn't. That wasn't any different then, and it's changed. It's even ratcheted up tenfold now, and I think it's because of replay. And I go to a Steelers coach who said it once, Chuck Knoll, when asked about replay, said it's a bad idea, and at first they thought he was a curmudgeon. Chuck Knoll, one of the smartest guys in NFL history, said, no, you will start to look for things that you weren't originally looking for. That's not the case. That's not what you want to do. And Chuck Knoll was 100% right. We slow all these camera angles down. We take up all this time. It's disjointed football games. I don't think it's really caused anybody to click out. It's not changed my viewing. I still try to watch every single game, every single week. Condensed versions, obviously. But I still try to watch every single game, every single week. And if there's bigger ones, then I will give them priorities. And I'll try to watch the entire three hours on the coaches. I try to do everything I can. I'm a consumer of the sport. I love it. And I will watch it as much as I can. It's not changed my viewing habits. And I don't think it's changed a lot of people's viewing habits. But you cannot deny that it's affected the game in the bad way. In a bad way. In a way that where referees are under scrutiny. I think that they're focused too much on calls that maybe aren't there. I think that they are being brought up in these conversations because of the fear of litigation, because of the settlement that happened with concussions, and they're to throw flags and ask questions later. I think that that's certainly a part of it. I think that they are under that much pressure where the replay has made it worse. And I just hearken back to a simpler time. It helps us move on. It helps us move on through the game. It helps us move on from missed calls. There was a time where I knew the Browns were getting screwed, and I said, well, you know what? It's still third and 10. I know that was pass interference, but you still got to convert third and 10 here. Now we spend weeks talking about referees and whether or not they cost us a game. Now up in Detroit, you spent a week, and you could say rightfully so, about the plays of Trey Flowers and why those shouldn't have been called hands to the face. You spent a week doing that. And that's not even, I don't believe, a reviewable play. It's disjoining. It's caused me to look first for flags instead of look first for great plays, open spots, advantages for my favorite football team. It's gotten in the way. If you get rid of this, you have a good, confident, official Officiating staff. A confident official, and I think that this has been a crisis of confidence here. Sorry, Jimmy Carter. I think this has been a crisis of confidence with referees where a confident referee is a a better referee, is a better official. You might think that that's heresy, but I think that's true. A guy who's confident in his own job, who doesn't have to run over there every other play, and go look at a screen and talk to some guy from New York to figure out whether or not he got it right or he got it wrong, and then have to go back knowing that, well, I'm going to be granted on this, and here we go, and now everybody in the stadium's seen it. I think that it's made it worse. And if I could go back, I would go back. We always knew back in the day, and there was no social media back then, there was no Instagram, Twitter, everything, that's, that's fair, that's true. There was none of those things then. But we knew we were getting hoodwinked then, we just dealt with it. We yelled at the refs. We cussed them out of the TV. We cussed them out in the stadium. It's all true. It's all still still the same and still what happened. But we got through a game in a tight three hours. It was more flow. It was more entertaining. It was just a better product. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We'll try to get to some of your thoughts. How do you improve the officiating in the NFL? 
Also, five burning questions that's coming up. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, my God. We'll get back to the phones here in a moment. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It's time for five burning questions and Tom. Yes, uh, you and I are both a little bit distracted at the moment because the <laughs> Sooner schooner well, I, just tipped. Is everybody okay? I believe everyone's okay. There were two people on the schooner, as there usually are. The horses took a real tight angle, and then I don't know whether a wheel got caught in the turf a little bit or something, oh. but this whole thing went down. <laughs> I'm trying hard. not to laugh. I'm, tr- I'm trying. I hope that woman's okay. I'm not going to yeah, laugh. She rolled. Because I, I don't want to have to apologize okay. for anything. All right, let's get right to the chase here. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yesterday, Urban Meyer was a guest on Colin Cowherd's show, was asked about Lincoln Riley and the Cowboys job. Um, yeah. He said, quote, pure speculation because I don't know him uh, like that, but that's the one. That's the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys. That's the one. Great city, and you've got Dak Prescott. you got Zach Elliott. That's a loaded team. I can't speak for him, obviously. I even hate to speculate because I don't know him, and it isn't fair, but to me that's the one job in professional football where you kind of say you got – to do that uh then asked if he would cons- would have considered an offer from the cowboys while he was still at ohio state urban said sure absolutely that one yes so i don't know i interpret that as him kind of opening the door to a oh, possibility yeah. of coaching yes. the dallas cowboys uh ken what do you think the likelihood what a- is of urban to dallas i know we've been talking like crazy about urban to usc for months you know, but what about urban to the cowboys i know everybody hates urban and i understand why y'all hate urban but boy this is just this is entertainment 101 this is true heel stuff right here folks this is a guy who gets it what do you you're watching him on the network you're watching him in studios you're watching him in the pregame all eyes on him, and all he has to say are things like this. This is a page out of John Gruden's book. Now, John Gruden actually went back, and I am convinced that someday Urban Meyer will go back. I'm worried about in-game adjustments from Urban Meyer, because I and I do think that in a lot of games where they've run a system, they have just stuck to the system, and they have not been able to make in-game adjustments. There have been times where if a coach has kind of close to talent, still not, but kind of close to talent, and in a tight football game, You've seen them fail at times. Mark, Mark D'Antonio has been able to get him. So you, you've seen a little bit of that. So I wonder about him as a professional coach. I brought up last week, Dan Snyder to me is, is the biggest fan in the NFL, and that's a bad thing for Redskins fans. I think he'd try to make so I thought he might try to make some sort of an overture at Urban. I think Urban, all he has to do is have somebody say to Dan Snyder he'd be interested and Dan Snyder would come to call. And if I was Urban Meyer, I'd say $18 million and you fire Bruce Allen. For the Cowboys, damn. He's got a relationship with Zeke. Probably could sit, straighten Zeke out a little bit. I think he could, you know, Dak is a Dak's a project a bit. He's not bad, but Dak's it, certainly not. Don't Project sounds terrible, but you, you got what I'm saying. You got to babysit Dak a little bit. I think Urban could do that. It's Dallas. It's the biggest one you got in the NFL. It's the Yankees of the NFL. Boy, it's you're watching. It's hard for me not to watch. I, does he really want that job? How far can how long can Jerry stay away? I don't think Jerry can stay away very long. Would you agree with that, Tom? Yeah, I mean, and of course he wants that job, you know? Like so why would he want USC more than a coach of Dallas Cowboys? He's proven his point in college and he's not 
for all the reasons that people don't like him, he shouldn't really be going back that way anyway. The pro level is perfect for his level of, I don't even know, weird intensity about this. This is where he belongs now. It's the final hurdle, and it's the Cowboys. Yeah. It's all well, I, there. I, I think for his legacy, and I, I brought this up last week, and you agreed with me, uh, th- this is the one thing. It would still be, like, say he went to, well, if he went to the NFL and he won a Super Bowl, I, I think we can make that argument, and I think you get some people on both sides. It, it is believed right now, and I believe it too, Saban definitely above Urban Meyer in the generation. You, you're, if it weren't for no Nick doubt. Saban, you'd be the legend, no but you're question. not. There's, there's such a thing as Nick Saban. So you're, you're right there, but this would be the one way to get by Saban to some people. Because Saban the one way to save the whole thing. Yep, Saban, and he'll blame the ownership, and I'll hear it, and he'll blame general managers, and I'll hear it. Saban was a failure in the NFL and walked away. And if Urban Meyer went to the NFL and was successful, he'd prove me wrong, and that would have to be something you weigh in heavily about the two coaches in the generation. Plus, obviously, the ultimate trump card is Bill Belichick, but you get what I'm saying. So that that's one way he could do it, because he always has something on Jim Harbaugh now. Maybe he would want to do one more and go over on uh, go over on Nick Saban. Next. All right, so it seems that the QB class of 2015 fell apart in like a one-Sunday span with Marcus Mariota being replaced by Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee and Jameis Winston throwing five picks in London, leading to all kinds of talk about what's next uh, for the Bucs at quarterback. Which of those two players, Ken, do you think has the better shot of getting another chance to be a team's plan A at quarterback? Jameis has more natural talent. Mariota, I think, is smarter. Uh, I think neither. But if I got to pick one, some I don't. He threw five picks last week, and it seemed like they was just starting to. I don't. I don't think he was going to go back to you know any form, but he was just starting to quote unquote get it together. And he throws five picks last week and looks terrible while he does it. That offense. That that game was still. They had a chance and they still couldn't get it going. Uh, I would still say because of the talent, Jameis Winston. I think no, because he's a he's a goofball. You know what? No, I'm saying Marcus Mario. Damn, that's a tough question, Tom. Now I know why other hosts kind of hear these questions out first. Uh, that's a tough question. I'm going to say it's Marcus Mariota because Marcus Mariota will try to learn a system and be a good a good backup quarterback and maybe get a chance to be a starter again. Jameis is a goof. I don't know if I can trust Jameis outside of uh, outside of the uh, outside of the facility. <sighs> He's got more natural talent, but that's the only thing I got going for him. I, I would stay, you know what, because of the system, y- y- if you can't hack it as a starter, then you have to hack it as a backup. And hacking it as a backup meaning you're professional, you know the offense, you prepare the starter, you prepare yourself, pre- you prepare the starter, and you handle your business. I don't know if I can trust, I don't think I can trust Jameis to do that. I can trust Marcus Mariota to do that. So I'm going to say Marcus Mariota. Next. Damn, that was a tough-ass question. All right, The Athletic caught up with Bryce Harper this week to ask him about his old team winning the National League pennant without him. He said, quote, I'm so happy for them. You know how hard it is to get into postseason and win games? For them to be able to put it together this year the way they have, it's an amazing thing. I made my decision, and that was my decision, and it was the final decision that I made. You know, jealousy isn't good for me. About It's about having the gratitude to go out and do what I do each day, not having an attitude toward anybody else, end quote. So do you buy that Bryce Harper is happy with the way things have played out over the last year? Hell no, he ain't happy with the way things have played out over the last 12 months. Are you nuts? Over this postseason? Hell no. 
He was talking about, well, the fans are yelling at me. Was, buddy, you were doing bat flips in the opening weekend. You were in Washington hitting home runs, doing bat flips as you beat the brakes off the Nationals. Now this is their first series since, what, 1933? And they don't have to pay you $330 million? Yeah, I'm sure that sits just fine with Bryce Harper. I ho- You know what? For the, good of, for the good of Philly fan, you better hope it doesn't sit well with Bryce Harper. If that sits well with Bryce Harper, then you have 12 more years to pay on this freight of somebody who doesn't care and is going to ass off on your baseball team and would go down as a terrible signing. It should bother the hell out of Bryce Harper. It should motivate Bryce Harper every single day during the offseason and going into next year and for the rest of his career. If the Nationals win the World Series without Bryce Harper, he should try to put himself on the ultimate revenge tour and show them why. won't matter if he doesn't win a World Series with the Phillies, but he needs to do it. It should motivate him. If that doesn't bother him, that's a huge problem with Bryce Harper. I don't give a damn. As a competitor in anything, that should bother the everlasting hell out of you. Next. All right, I Sorry for yelling. I think you'll like this one. Uh, so the NFL has been celebrating their 100th season with these NFL 100 things on NFL Network, these different lists. Last night they revealed the 100 greatest characters in NFL history. Number one all-time, Ken, Joe Namath. So is Joe Namath the greatest Ooh. character in the history of the NFL? Oh, I think he is. There have been some amazing characters. He's yeah, he's 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 one of the guys that I think of. Don't take this the wrong way. I know you're a Jets fan, but you know where I'm going with this. He's in the Hall of Fame because of everything else. He guaranteed it. He he he's the Hall of Fame because of moments. He's in the Hall of Fame because of moments. Does that make sense? Not everything else. I shouldn't say that. That sounds really demeaning. I actually he's liked a, that that was the way you put it. I think okay, it was the context okay. of everything. What a star yeah. he was at Alabama, yes. what he yes. did with the guarantee. I yes. agree. It was everything yes. else except for the actual stone-cold facts about his career. It, it goes back to my argument with, with Julian Edelman. Because I look at Julian Edelman's career and I go, you people are crazy. What are you talking about, him being in the Hall of Fame? But you have moments. Lynn Swan's in the Hall of Fame. The, the, a kid in my generation remembers Lynn Swan for one thing, big catches in a Super Bowl. You remember Julian Edelman, big catches in a Super Bowl. Then you look at the stats, you go, what? And you look at J- Joe Namath, pantyhose, he had his own television talk show. Tom Brady don't even have his own TV show. Well, it's probably he, the only reason Tom Brady doesn't have his own TV show is because it's probably not advantageous to Tom Brady. You have the Joe Namath show. You host it with Dick Schapp, one of the most powerful writers in American sports journalism history, and gone way too soon. You were an icon. Joe Namath is an icon. Good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. Yeah, he is definitely the number one character in the NFL in NFL history, without a doubt. Him, Brett Favre, but Brett Favre has way more numbers, way more to back that up. I saw the one on Jim McMahon yesterday. Jim McMahon is a great, great character. Joe Namath, hands down. Joe Willie, number one. Okay, last one. We found out this week that Jags coach Doug Marone believes Nick Foles will return to practice next week. Now, because of the IR situation, he has to spend eight weeks on, so he can actually return in week 11, which is coming off of a Jags bye. It all seems perfectly lined up for him. What are the chances, Ken, that Gardner Minshew holds on to this job in Jags? Zero. Zero. <laughs> he went out and he got – they drafted – did they draft Gardner Minshew? Yeah, seventh round, right? Yep. They drafted Gardner Minshew late. They went out and they got Nick Foles, and they paid Nick Foles because they think that Nick Foles can run their offense great. It's actually they sixth pay- round, but yes, they drafted him. Oh, say sixth round. Sorry, I beg your pardon. They went out and they paid Nick Foles. 
Jacksonville's two and four. They feel that they're back in it. I know that everybody just loves, loves, loves what they are. They're, they're two and four. Okay. Uh, I know everybody loves Gardner Minshew. If they even have a whiff at this coming up in week 11, they're going to go back to Nick Foles. You're going back to Nick Foles. You're going back to your franchise quarterback. All right. I know everybody loves a nice wispy mustache and that he looks like Uncle Rico and everything, but it's time to let, allow the big boy to play big boy football. They're going to go back to Nick Foles. That's what they paid Nick Foles money for. They didn't pay Nick Foles. If, if, if he's ready to play, he'll play. They didn't pay him a bunch of money to sit on the bench and watch the team lose. Doug Marone's trying to hold on to a job. Tom Coughlin's trying to hold on to some stability. I bet they feel right now that they got some of that back getting rid of Jalen Ramsey. Now they can go and they can perform what they want to because this was a good story for about two seconds, and then it's all blown up in their face. I think they feel like they're in control now. Nick Foles will help them do that. Nothing against Gardner Minshew. Good story. It's Nick Foles. Is that it? That's it. That is the toughest five-burning questions you've, you've ever laid at my feet. Wow, thank you. Can I, can I give you credit? Please. Can I give now I know Billy Jack gets mad because now I'm not giving him credit and I know that you get a paycheck too Tom. So you don't need me to give you a pat on the ass. But let me tell America and let me tell everybody. That was the toughest five burning questions you've ever given me. Thank you. My the goodness. Last one you seem to have no problem with. Yeah, but the first for the Mariota Winston? Yeah, it's a toughie. Like someone tweeted at me they go, "Ken, you sounded pained." During that answer, I go, because I was flip-flopping right there in live time. You got it right, though. The stability of Mariota makes him a much better bet that another team will take a chance to yeah. start a season with him. Yeah, I agree. KMGG223, 223. You sounded in pain trying to pick between them, going, well, one one guy would learn a system. I don't know if he'd be the best for that system. The other guy would learn nothing, <laughs> but would have much more great talent in a rocket arm. That was a tough question. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up, yeah, LeBron showed his ass, but we'll get over it. And also, the Chargers trolled the Steelers, but they played themselves. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. The toll-free line, had you not known it already, is 855-2124-CBS. And it's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. There's a quick way you could save money. You switch to GEICO. You go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I'm going to tell you again here in a moment in case you forget this. Boy, I had it all out there. I want to thank Michael Jordan from the bottom of my heart. And Tom knows this, and Billy Jack's about to know. I had a whole argument this week where LeBron showed his ass and said some really ignorant stuff when it came to came to China. And there was a couple of apologists out there. I heard a couple of local writers, and, and, and Kendrick Perkins brought it up as well and said, well, you know, they're over in China, and he felt that he was maybe put in danger, and the Chinese government ain't going after you. And so he might have felt like he was put into danger and things like that. Uh, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think that he showed his ass. He showed some ignorance there. It was a bad, bad, bad opinion. We'll get over it. We always do. I go back to Michael Jordan because I wanted to make an argument before yesterday. I wanted to make an argument uh, that LeBron, hear me out, don't switch just yet, that LeBron's a bigger icon than Michael Jordan. And it starts off with, well, has Michael Jordan ever had his jersey burned in two separate countries? No. Do we have to say that icons are universally liked figures? No. Michael Jordan has accomplished more in sales has accomplished more in sales of shoes and sales of clothes. And up until yesterday, I could look at LeBron and go, there is a culture around LeBron. 
there's a difference in change and difference in play around LeBron. If LeBron were to win a championship with the Lakers, hear me out on this, you know damn well there's an argument between six championships, yes, six championships with the Chicago Bulls with one organization, but four championships with three different franchises. That all three of those franchises were none too very good before he got there. There is an argument you can make for LeBron there. You can argue about the the generation each played in, but then it just becomes, well, who's the better player, Michael or LeBron? That's not the conversation. It's who's the bigger icon, Michael or LeBron. And it's not who you like more. It's about who's more locally locally looked at, blah, locally looked at, more nationally recognized, more globally recognized. Nothing of what Michael Jordan ever said was picked up by the Chinese government and got Chinese people upset, or by the fine folks of Hong Kong, got people from Hong Kong upset and got people from the United States upset. Michael Jordan never had anything to say that was that upsetting. LeBron has the ICANN schools, providing opportunities for for higher education, even though he said whatever reason a couple weeks ago that you don't really need college, but still offers that education. He has a lot of things going for him in society, as well as socially, as well as personally, and, and with his business, and has been involved heavily in politics. I think there are people who may or may not have voted for certain people because of LeBron endorsing them, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And I think there were people who don't like LeBron enough where they said, well, that just made my mind up. I'm voting for Donald J. Trump or I'm voting for Mitt Romney because I don't like LeBron James. Michael Jordan has never made that type of statement. I had that all planned out until yesterday. And then I saw Michael Jordan crying at a press conference about how he had he's getting two medical facilities built in the greater Charlotte area. For well, I should say in the Charlotte area for lower income families. I went, boy, Michael, I got to thank you very much. I'm glad you did this on Friday and Thursday instead of instead of Saturday afternoon. It's like when I spent that entire Saturday a month ago saying that the 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 Patriots weren't going to sign Antonio Brown, and then they went on and they signed Antonio Brown. That was a horrific situation I had to sit through. I ended up being right in the long run. So did Anthony Lima, who's coming up next year on CBS Sports Radio. I ended up being right in the long run, but boy, that was a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. I want to thank Michael Jordan for doing something so nice and also announcing it before I made a total and complete ass of myself in front of the entire country. Again, Michael wins again. But I go back to that situation back in the 90s where you had the Nike controversy with children and child labor overseas. Michael not saying much. People wanting Michael to comment on certain public public issues, certain political issues. And Michael saying, you know, the quote, the famous one where I don't even know if it's real, but it's been put out there so much. We assume it's real. Republicans buy shoes, too. There were a lot of people who had problems with Michael at that time. A lot of people had opinions, strong opinions of Michael. There's This is before Twitter, before Facebook, before social media. So it's not as big as what it is now with LeBron. We're more connected than we've ever been before because of social media. So we're going to share more opinions about LeBron than we did with Michael. But Michael can show you that through any strife, through any criticism, because we'll always bring up about the gambling, we'll always bring up about the other things, you can still do great deeds that make a tremendous impact in your community in the for the good of the population in general that I don't want to say can cover up but can supersede some of the misgivings of the past LeBron James said something pretty silly he showed his ass 
Okay. I'm not giving him a free pass on it. It was a silly-ass thing to say. Considering what Hong Kong's doing and what Hong Kong has been going through again since, I said last week, since 1967. And that was the first documented thing we saw, probably even before that. But from the riots of 67 to the square to what we're at now, for him to say that was a tone-deaf statement. But he will grow from it. And I do believe there is a difference between people who were really affected by what LeBron said or, or really appalled by what LeBron said and people who are waiting to pounce on what LeBron said. Because, again, when I talk about iconic status, there were definitely people who had no idea what was going on in Hong Kong, who had no idea what was going on with the Chinese government, who had that put in their face and certainly learned a little bit because of what LeBron said. Not condoning it. It's just pointing out pure and simple fact. LeBron has things that that do well. LeBron has very good charitable contributions, very good charities that he has organizations with, and does a lot of good things in the public. And those will ultimately be remembered, even through this faux pas, which was a huge mess up. I'd call it something else, but we're on the radio. 855-212-4CBS. I want to get to Phil in Spokane, Washington, because he's going to sum up what I got to say about one football team. Phil, he's listening on the Radio.com app. Hello, Phil. Ken, how you doing, bud? Wonderful friend. Go right on ahead. Hey, man. Great show. First off, I drive for a living. CBS Sports Radio is my go-to Monday through Friday. Uh, I pick up a shift every Saturday. I pop the show in today. Uh, fantastic, man. You got Thank a loyal you. from now on. This show well, show's uh, uh, great. It's now, funny. I got I to gotta tell you this real quick. Remember when the show sucks, remember what you said, because someday it's going to hey, suck. So remember that. that. Go ahead. That, that goes right to my point of uh, teams that are good and <laughs> suck, which is my team, the Chargers. Uh, I'm going to stub up the reason, I, in my opinion, anyway, they suck this year. I think this team walked into this season and said, uh, when do the playoffs start and who do we play? Because they read their own press. They read their own pub from last year, and this team this team is Scott Farkas. They're the bully that got punched in the mouth, started bleeding, and went home to mommy. Okay, <laughs> They got lucky, no pun intended, they got lucky and beat Indianapolis. They got punched in the mouth by the Texans. They got punched in the mouth by Detroit. They beat a Broncos team, which is like the varsity team beating the freshman team. Go high-five yourself. Good job. They got punched in the face by Joe Frankenstein Flacco. He got sacked, what, 74 times Thursday? And when he played the Chargers, that guy took a three-step drop, ate a ham sandwich, drank a cup of tea, threw a four-yard slant, a number it doesn't matter who put 17 moves on, and did a cool-down jog into the end zone. You got whooped. Then you come out and get whipped by a freaking third-string practice squad quarterback at Pittsburgh Stadium in Carson, California. Are you kidding me? Get it off your chest. Keep doing it. Yeah, you're They're right. Gonna, you're not wrong. Dude, I'm not cutting you off. You're not wrong. Keep going. Ken, Ken I'm telling you right now, Derrick Henry is going to, the first carry Derrick Henry has Sunday is going to put 15 yards on this crappy defense. They're going to hang their heads, and they're going to come out in the third quarter or fourth quarter. And, you know, Phillip Rivers is going to pull something out because, the uh, you know, the Titans are going to start running, just running the ball, not throw. They're already up 21-3 or whatever. But we'll make it a close game and look like we're something good. And they're not. They're going to hang their heads, and they're going to look like hot garbage. Uh, and that—that's my take. Again, I'll see you next. I'll see you next Saturday. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Oh yeah, dig it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you very much for the kind words and the call. Of all that stuff that Phil just ripped off, which was absolutely true, 
right off the top of his head, but man, that's been sitting there for days, my goodness. All the things that Phil just said are all true. The worst thing I saw was them trying to troll Steelers fans who took over their stadium on, on Sunday night. You trolled the Steelers, you played yourselves. What you pointed out is the thing that I'm afraid about the most in the NFL. I got about 60 seconds to say this. What the Chargers did last week is what I'm afraid of in the NFL. It's why I'm afraid of tanking. It's why I'm afraid of apathy. Because you only have so many chances to do this. And now you're going to go into a stadium where the other tenant does not want you there, has basically fronted the bill for all of this. You have moved up from San Diego. You have moved to move into a new building. You're willing to play anywhere just to get some people in. You're willing to, quote-unquote, rickroll them, but you're willing to entertain Steelers fans. There's no pressure. There's no power. There's no passion for your own fan base because you left the passionate fan base. Folks, in 2020, we sit on the precipice of the L.A. Chargers becoming the L.A. Clippers without the racism. Roll out the basketballs, it's professional basketball. Get out the footballs, throw them out, blow the whistle. Welcome to professional football. Come on out and see the team. Come on out and see the opposing team. Come on out and see the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on out and see the Rams when we're playing in a dual-use game. Come on out and see the Giants. Come on out and see the Cowboys. You ain't got to worry about us. Phillip Rivers is going to retire as soon as he possibly can. Melvin Gordon won it out. We got to get out of Dodge here. That's the way this works. You are on your way to a cold, sterile, apathetic environment. To share that building, to not build culture, to not build power, to not build passion. If I'm a Chargers fan or one of the few remaining, I'm praying for a sale and I'm praying for another move. I'm thanking you for listening. Pray for Anthony Lima, who joins you next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.